0: You are listening to Entirely the Right Sort of Podcast. If you're listening to this, please be warned that there is a little explicit language in this episode, and also, of course, spoilers for Patrick Rothfuss's The Kingkiller Chronicle, including The Name of the Wind and The Wise Man's Fear. So, you've been warned, and here we go. Welcome back once again to entirely the right sort of podcast. Continuing our hopefully fantastic, I think so, hope you think so, discussion of who else but Denna. I'm RJ which stands for Rastafarian Jive. <laughs> and here with <laughs> and here with me today is a wonderful beacon of denna light and love and hope in the king killer chronicle community hello dallas or should i call you felorian i am feeling florian today i okay and i am going to do much more than suffice at talking about (laughs) denna i should hope (laughs) (laughs) oh felorian (laughs) what have i done the adulation of my peers below has been a waste of hours could I recall the moments I have careless cast away? I could hope, but, ah, dang, I can't even read. <laughs> I was that's, that's the song he writes about her? No, that's um when he meets Dana in the Aeolian. He's like, I can think oh. you a Philorian. And then he like says all this nice stuff. And she's like, you took that from Dayanaka. And he's like, shit, oh. she knows about Dayanaka. And then he goes and bangs Florian. God, that's going to be so painful. She probably remembers that encounter. Oh, oh yeah. Poor Dana. I, I didn't even, that did not even occur to me, but it just now did. I think she remembers pretty much everything except when she's on um, the Ophalum. The, mm-hmm, the King Killer heroine, whatever it's called. Yeah. And we can... It's basically heroine. We can touch on that later, but like it is called Denner resin. Yeah. And he is addicted I, to Denna. Very addicted. I don't know if that might be, that might be a little heavy handed. De- it's definitely intentional. Like they're out of all the things he could have called it and out of all the things he could have named her. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's supposed to mean anything like to. Intense, except just to be, like, a symbolic metaphor type thing. Yeah, but like a symbolic addiction. Like, I read a theory that Denna is addicted to Denner raisin, and I, I, I hate that theory. Denna is not an addict. She is just a lost girl trying to make her way in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, well, when we last spoke and last potted, we were talking about Denna's patron, and that I think if people are listening to these back to back, segues into um one of our questions, which is what is gonna happen between Kvoth and Denna Um, and I think I mean, cause obviously, okay, let, let me back up. Obviously something something's gone on, like something's gone wrong. Kvoth forecasts it and in the frame narrative, um, when he's talking about her, I think mentioning her to Chronicler, he like breaks a glass or breaks a bottle and it's a bottle of strawberry wine, which was her favorite. And also there are cellist flowers behind the inn. So I don't know like where Denna is in the frame story, which leads me to ask the question of like- Is she dead? What happens between them? Yeah, are is she dead or like, I think, I mean, this is not a happy story. Like, it's not supposed to be a happy story. And I think that their relationship is going to get shattered beyond repair. But one of the things is um, that right before they have their fight about Dennis Song, Cloth swears he won't try to uncover her patron. He says, I swear it on my name and power. I swear it on my good left hand. I swear it by the ever-moving moon. And there's some evidence... In the frame narrative, that he has lost some some movement, some mobility in some in one of his hands, and definitely I would argue has lost his name and his power. And going by the third bit of that, with the ever moving moon, we don't see the moon in the frame. So, like, if he yeah. like that's the power of those those promises. So. I think that definitely could be one thing that causes them to break apart, especially since the Cathay is supposed to like, when he, when he, she, it talks to you, it like propels you into making the most destructive choices. And Cathay did spend a lot of time like talking to Quoth about Dena and her patron. So I think he's going to try to figure out who Master Ash is. What, I don't know. What do you think? Absolutely. He's already trying to figure it out. And I mean, not like actively, but in his head, like he's already, you know, and after Cathay, there's no way he's just going to be like, oh, her patron beats her. That's chill. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm down to just eat strawberries with her randomly still. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So... I was going to say, you say in the doc, like, he keeps his cool. It's almost like he keeps his cool too much during that fight, though. Sorry not to, like, change. But yeah, okay, back up. So, yes, I absolutely think that he lost his power because of that promise to Denna. I think, mystically, that's, like, he's going to lose those things. And I also think she's probably going to find out. Like, I don't know if she's going to find out that he stalked her through the streets of Severin. But if she did find that out, just, like... How could she ever trust him? Like I, whenever I like want to ship cloth and Dunder, then I just remember that, and I'm like, that's that's basically the worst thing he's done to her. Like the things he says to her, obviously, are terrible, and like the fact that he can't be vulnerable is frustrating. But I can have some compassion for that. But like just stalking her, I just like, I draw the line there. Yeah, that's a that's a tough look for my guy clothes. Yeah. Um, well, and. The reason he follows her is because he thinks she's looking for her patron. Yeah, so that's like what I'm saying. he's, he's already trying to find out who he is. Mm-hmm. And that was before he she promised, though, right? Or was yeah it after? That, that was before the promise. When okay. he when they fight about her song, he doesn't see her again until he gets back to God when he goes back to Tarbian and he calls the wind again like that's the first time they see each other i think in that long oh yeah so they just okay and she's he just happens to save her again and then it's kind of like they have like this toxic dynamic where they love each other want to be around each other and then they can't stand each other but then they also can't stand to be apart from each other so as soon as they see each other again it's like it absolves all the bad temporarily until it starts to build up again. That's what it seems like is happening with them. Yeah. And like, if I'm right in thinking about that, like we don't know anything that happened to Dena, but like think of what Quoth goes through between that point. Like they, ha- so they have their fight about the song right before he leaves um, Severin for the bandit hunt. So he spends a month in the woods. He, sees cinder again and kills the bandits he goes to Fay. he goes to um ademre comes back to severin spends a tiny bit more time there goes back to the university and then like caesar again and traben like he, he murders t- a bunch of people and he bangs a bunch yeah. of people so oh, he's just wrapping yeah. up all of the body counts in every sense of the word well yes and then and then like even if Even if they hadn't had that fight, like, I think the fact that he's been sleeping around and it it is, like, getting around definitely affects how she thinks about him. Yeah, especially because he has never even tried anything like that with her. So, like, she probably knows that he cares about her, but, like, she she can never be sure because he's never made a move. Except that one clumsy, if you call that a move by the river when she's wearing the blue dress at the end mm-hmm. like he you knows kind and of a move and he's just like love me <laughs> and she's just like nah yeah <laughs> nah dude well she's like i won't be one of the many yeah it's that's not her a way sh- of saying like I don't know if you've heard that song, the Gone for Good by The Shins, but that just reminds mm-hmm. me, I've done it in quotes so much. It's like, no, you should look it up. It's like, I found a fatal flaw in the logic of love, blah, 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 blah. You love a sinking stone that'll never elope, so get used to the lonesome. And then it's like, you had your chance, or you, you ha- anyway, whatever. Just listen yeah. to the song and butchering it. If no one has made a playlist for them yet, like, we should. No, I totally have a Danna playlist. It only has like four songs on it, but that's a start. Wait, let me see. Actually, I have a I think I have a K and D playlist. Well, and even if it only has a few songs, like it's it would take either of them like two seconds to learn. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're both so musically gifted. I don't know about you, but I'm that person who, even if I love a song, I have to like look at the lyrics sometimes. Cause I just oh yeah, don't have a good ear for that. Well, and you never, you never know. Like, I hear things wrong all the time. Right. Okay, so. Oh, yeah, so, I guess we were talking about what happens to them. I know with the fight, like, yeah, her sharing her song was a crucial moment. And mm-hmm. he had a few choices, one of which could have been opening up to her about his past and what happened to his family with the Chandrian. And he could have been like, "Your song it's beautiful, but i it's different than this version I heard, so that's interesting. We should talk about this, and this is what happened to me. He could have told her that, and he instead he just like shits on her, and like critiques the spelling like she like he like critiques the yeah. pronunciation of one of the cities, like he's just nitpicking her, she's like pouring her soul out, and he's like." oh, you you used the wrong there, which obviously, you know, you're you're a journalist. So those things are important. Mm -hmm. No no disrespect. But like when it comes to an ancient city, I feel like that's just he's out of line. And I just, we'll never know what would have happened if he would have been willing to open up to her. Like maybe she would have opened up. But instead Mm -hmm. he played it cool and not even cool. He just like went off on her yeah like he didn't say anything for a while and then he's like you said mere wrong you've got to change it yeah the verse <laughs> is gonna be fucked yeah he's so she's probably just sitting there thinking like he hates it oh my god and she values his opinion because he's a talented musician musician so she's just thinking oh my god he thinks my song sucks like she doesn't know that he has heard the story and that he's like trying to murder members of the Chandrian because they killed his family. Like she just, she doesn't know any of that because he doesn't talk to people about things that matter. He just spouts off pretty words. Yeah. Oh, on the, on the subject, sorry, were you done? Yeah, yeah. Um, on the subject of the Chandrian, I think it's very interesting the way she, cause he does bring them up in this conversation and she, calls him, because I think he says, like, Lanre's not a hero, like, he became one of the Chandrian, and she's like, what kind of child are you? And then they, like, really start going at it. But, like, compare that to in Trayvon, when he is talking to her about, like, the signs and about the Chandrian, and she's like, I'm pretty sure she says, like, yeah, I think they were here. Like... So that to me, just like the change in her attitude, like either she was just like really pissed off or her patron has been like subtly influencing her because she does have like does a 180 on, I think, like her belief in the Chandrian. I just kind of find that interesting. That's such a good point. I never noticed that actually, but. I think, yeah, it could be she, either he's, like, subtly influencing her and she now, like, thinks it's codswallop, like, mm-hmm. in, uh, in Game of Thrones, like, there's the, the zombie, the ice zombies, they're called the Others, and they're Tyrion's like, oh, yeah, Snarks and Grumpkins live beyond the wall. But, so Snarks and Grumpkins is, like, this the expression they use. So, But either that or maybe she actually does know that they're real and she's, like, instructed to, like, suppress all knowledge of that. I don't know, but I don't know, though. I feel like if, she, if, if that were the case, then she would have to know that her patron was a member of the Chandrian or at least affiliated with them, and I just don't think she'd be down with that necessarily. So it probably is just him being this creepy influence on her, like you said. Yeah. Well, and I... We were talking a bit um, before the pod, but I want to bring up that two things about the story of Landray One, we never hear the full version of Arloden's song. And he, um, in the little snippet we get, we understand that it is a tragedy and that Rae, like rose and fell and rose again to fall again. But we don't know what happened. And then Quoth pretty much like inherently trusts Scarpy and takes Scarpy's story as gospel, and it does seem to fit everything. But there is no like truly no proof that Scarpy's story was real, or that Arliden's story like painted Lannery as Haliax. Like there's no proof of that. So, I mean, Dennis' song could be right. You know, it sure could. And and so I guess, I mean, I I hope that the lesson, well, not the lesson, but like I hope scarpie's story isn't wrong. I guess just because it's it's influenced so much of how so many of us think about these books in the world, but like, it could be it could be wrong. Like Quoth and all of us could have been going off false information or like slightly misguided information the entire time. Um. Definitely. That's like I just like just I would have loved to hear their discussion about like stories and music and how music influences history, based on wh- what songs you decide to write. But he decided to not share any of that once again. But there's no. Pl- it's like very intentional, obviously. But I, I tend to think that Denne's that Scarpy's version is more or less true, and that Denna is basically an un unknowing propaganda machine for the Chandrian at this point mm-hmm. but, but like you said it is totally possible and I think Rothblast is definitely playing with that idea that the, the victors write the stories and you don't really know where mm-hmm. like, the truth is somewhere in the middle I don't know I want to hear Arliden's songs I do too. And it'd be interesting like what names he found for the Chandrian because I think it's implied that he knows their names and has been trying to work them into a song. the song, which is like why they came and found them. Like came and found his troop. Oh, right. Because um, he just kept using their true names in the song. Mm hmm. Or, yeah. Yeah. And the reason. But how can Scar- Scarpy tell his stories? There's so many questions that just don't make any sense. But, that's true because he does say Haleyax, mm-hmm. but that's not. I mean, according to the Adam, that's not his true name. Right. His true name is Elaxal. Right. Um, and they say it just that once, right? They say it's just that once, and then you have to like travel a thousand miles and sleep a thousand nights or something like that before you can say it again. That's like so. How many? That's like three or four years, I guess. A little less than three he, years. Yeah, for us it's a tiny bit less than three years, and I forget how many days are in the the King Killer world. Like, there's I think it's ten. It's like ten days in a span. Yeah, ten or eleven, and then I don't know how many months, and then they have mourning. So, so all that to say, um, yeah, stories like are powerful. Then- mm-hmm. Yeah, stories are powerful, and and I think you're. I mean, that was, like, a very crucial moment for them. And they said some mean things to each other. Um, And then they don't see each other for a few months, and, like, everything's changed. Right. Um, Uh, Do you have any other theories about, like, how their story's going to end? Like, do you you think she's alive in in the frame? (sighs) I go back and forth yeah me too I, I just, think I feel like the Salas flowers, I feel like she might be dead, like he has those flowers he's cultivating, and he just always seems so sad when he thinks about her. He doesn't seem angry or bitter. he just seems like sad and remorseful about his own actions. He's like in the way but i oh yeah, I guess my theory about them, I think like. They have a lot of minor misfortunes in the first two books, like mm-hmm. starting with her inviting him to lunch, like they have an official date, and then the fire in the fishery that right. causes Cloak to stand her up. And then she ends up seeing Fella place a new cloak around his shoulders. So I feel like these are like microcosms for greater tragedies and this misfortune that's going to occur for them. And they have a lot of like, this looks bad in their relationship. Like it looks bad but it actually isn't as bad, or it might not be as bad as it looks. Like, for both, like, like, from Dennis' perspective, Colt is, like, banging the entire universe, except for her. But, like, really, he doesn't give a shit about these women. He's just, like, I don't even know what he's doing. He's just being a dude, I guess. And, um, like, he... Like, he sees her on different guys' arms all the time, including Ambrose at one point. But it's it's mm-hmm. like they were talking about on Page of the Wind. Like, I feel like she probably, like, as someone who does, the, has, do, does this kind of thing, like, camming is different than, like, actual courting, obviously. But, like, there are right. some people that I interact with that I like. Like, they genuinely seem like cool, interesting people. And I like talking to them outside of whatever kinks they have. And then there are some people that I'm like, okay, when is this going to be over? And I, feel, I imagine it's the same for Donna. Like, she has her favorites, and then she has people that she's like, okay, this is just a paycheck for me. So, mm-hmm. but, like, Quoth is just, like, doesn't – and he, he knows that on some level, but he still gets really jealous of the dudes because he can't be the one. Yeah. And then, anyway. Well, and I, just on the topic of, like – the that it looks bad and it's not actually that bad like her taking his loot is like oh yeah is like terrible for him like he has some bad days and it ends up being and she like really beats it up beats herself up for it which is really sad and it's like i always ruin everything like like i can never do anything right but like what that is an amazing gift to give to him Like yeah, like I think it's she. And how else was she supposed to do it without telling? Yeah, she sells she sells those 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 emeralds right to Mm Debbie. Or no, I think part of it gets sold to Debbie because of the guy's debt, gregor or whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah, Jeffrey. Yeah, Jeffrey, and I think she sells some of it to a pawnbroker yeah and that that would have she would have been able to live off that for at least a year and she ends up just blowing it all on a gift for a guy that she sees sometimes like and yeah and it's so heartbreaking sorry no go ahead it's just so heartbreaking like what she says about it she's like i see the way you look at that loot like no one in my life has ever looked at me like that It's then, it's really heartbreaking. I feel like he does probably look at her like, I mean, clearly he doesn't, or it doesn't get through to her. But I just think they're so weird. Like, the language they use with each other is so over the top. But then they just like, and it, like, there are like passages where like we talked for hours and they're like, what are you guys talking about if he doesn't know, if she doesn't know who Ambrose is or like, like, what do you talk about if you're not talking about your past? Like, yeah. It just, they're both just, like, king and queen bullshitter. Like, they're just so good at shooting the yeah. shit and not actually talking about anything that matters. I don't, I feel like I did some of that shit when I was, like, young and in love and, like, didn't know how to tell the girl. Like, I would be, like, real, like, charming, you know, because cause, cause I was best friends with the first girl I fell in love with like I think I was in love with her even before I knew I was gay and would just like be just be real sweet and like we would just like sit up and talk for hours and I'd like fucking do anything for her and was just like kind of head over heels and I think we did like quote shit at each other and like talk about each other and like the terms of like novels and stuff but and maybe that's the lesson here if she's kind of a denna figure, which I, I would argue like from teenage Quoth and teenage RJ's perspective, like this girl kind of was the denna because like, I thought I, I really loved her. None of my friends liked her. Like she was, she was a really good artist and like always had these dudes around that like I was, I was always like, well, like, you might, da 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 da, but like, I'm close in her heart, like all that bullshit. And then, like, we got together, <laughs> and it was like the most amazing time of my life until it wasn't until she ran away to another country for a trip and, like, didn't tell and, like, didn't email me beforehand and then, like, came back and was like, oh, like, yeah, everything's normal. Like, I, like, basically cut the relationship off.
1: A, a little done like.
0: So, like, maybe, th- maybe that's like the lesson if my life mirrors clothes, is that, like, he and Dennis should not get together. It ain't gonna go well. Yeah, I just, I just, I, I feel like them getting together, I feel like she would just wake up, like, full of regret and embarrassment and just, like, disappear, probably. I don't know. That's how I see it going. That sounds awful, though, and I guess I know what you mean. Like, I had a relationship like that, too, where, like, she was being my best friend who I didn't know I was in love with until we like had a crazy fight at the end. We like called each other, like she was my girlfriend, but we we weren't like sexual. We were just like, like lovey friend stuff like holding hands and like cuddling on the couch and she always had boyfriends but yeah um she was like had a really severe eating disorder and her mom beat the shit out of her and i didn't know until like a year into knowing her because we we would stay up all night and like talk and like cuddle but we we didn't i guess we didn't really talk about that stuff like the vulnerable stuff we just talked about like movies and books and songs and the day that I found out that her mom beat her I had like eaten sorry this has nothing to do with Dunham but like kind of no, please. she was always getting mad at she was like really jealous and possessive and like always getting mad at me so she was almost more like close like when I went to college she sent me an email and was like I saw a picture of you on Facebook with other people and you looked really happy and it made me hate you and I was mm. she was really she was really crazy but I'm not friends with her anymore. <laughs> but I think about her all the time still and I like hope she's well even though I know she's not. But she, uh, so I had eaten this lemon scone that was on, on her counter. And then her mom came home and she was like, who ate my lemon scone? And she like blew up at her daughter and like beat the shit of her right in front of me. Like she pulled wow. her into the bathroom. It was awful and I was like, I'm so sorry. I did not need to eat that lemon scone. Like not worth it. Oh my God. Like, but wow. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just, like, putting people on pedestal, that's, like, that's, and, like, where you don't actually know what's going on with them, that's mm-hmm. the essence of Kloch's obsession with Donna. And I, th- I think maybe to a degree, like, how she feels about him, because she always tells him that, like, he's too good for her, but she doesn't really know a, a lot about him, like, I don't even know, I think... I mean, like Will and Sim, I think she can infer that he's an orphan and that he's a D-Maru, but we don't know that. Teenagers, man. What does she mean by he's too good for her? Like, he's too smart for her, or he's too good-looking, or he's too charming, like, he's too educated? I think she means, like, he's too good of a person. But she doesn't know that he's, like, a stalker and... (laughs) And super jealous. Yeah. Well, I mean, all that to say like no matter what happened in the frame, like definitely what happened with me and I guess my Jenna has echoed throughout my entire life and like when I stop and think about like my like my first love and like the lessons I learned from her and the lessons I learned about myself and like the ways I acted like all of that still echoes what is it, like 12, thirteen years later. you know, like the the experiences we have as kids and and when we're in love and when we have these important relationships like echo, you know what I mean? So even modern day quote modern day R j modern day Dallas, like whatever happened to us when we were young, you know, still affects us now and can probably still um affect how we act in relationships and and all of that so that's That's so true yeah it is it's something that like i've only recently learned is or like only recently realized is how much the shit like the formative shit that happens when you're young echoes and like the lessons you learn about yourself and the lessons you learn about love and like how how people treat you and how you think you should be treated like i i think a lot of that comes from when we're young it absolutely and, does, and I've just been working through some stuff like w- involving that girl, and I'm like, damn, because she did this to me, I now do this to people in relationships, yeah. and I didn't, even, I didn't even make that connection until, and it's like, wow, so it's just, it's like, it's always a healing journey when it comes to stuff like that. I mean, it I is, hope it's healing. It is, and <clears throat> like, when, when I think about it, I'm like, oh, like, of course this makes sense, but I never, like stop and think about it because you know if those memories are bad like touching them is hard right um so yeah i don't know Quoth and, Quoth and denna <laughs> i feel like she might be the one who betrays him but i don't think she's going to intentionally betray him she is my favorite candidate for the one who betrays him I mean, I, I guess was it was a betrayal if you don't know you're doing it. I think it, it still is. I think it still it's, is. Has the same effect, basically. Well, and I think the ultimate, you know, betrayal is going to be if, um, if she is working with Cinder. Right. And he finds out about that. Like, and that then would destroy bec- him. Because then he would have to end up doing something, and then she... So she, I, that's what I, I, basically what I mean. I feel like the, the betrayal has something to do with her working with Cinder, and it's going to come out either like Cinder's going to like, and Quoth's going to have to do something and kill a king, I guess. I, don't, I guess it's on the menu. I mean, I have no yeah. idea about kill that. A, kill a king, or there's the, there's the line that Chronicler remembers about how Quoth finds his heart's desire. And he he kills a demon to get it, but he has to, like, fight an angel to keep it. And I think Ari might be more of that, like, angel category, but I think it also definitely could be Jenna. Like, yeah, I agree. Man. I wonder if Ari would, like, try to interfere somehow, and then he would have to, like, I don't know. It's. I feel like all of the evidence is in the book, like it's there. But then I also feel like it's so disguised. So I feel like when we get book three, it's going to be like, oh, duh. And it's going to like hit us over the head. But yeah. right now, when we still don't have all the answers, then everything is just kind of like different interpretations of different text, text references. Well, yeah. And I mean, it's been, it's been so long like, it's been nine years since Wise man's Fear first came out. Like, I think at this point we are looking maybe too deeply into things. Like, I want to believe Pat has, like, given us some good mysteries, but I think <laughs> at, at some point we've just, like, looked way too deep into it. Like, yeah, with it the kinda, whole... Yeah. Trying to decipher the capital letters in Donna's letter. No, but that is a thing. Why are those letters capitalized? I need to know. I guess because she was drunk. I don't know. I don't capitalize my letters when I'm drunk, I don't think. I don't write handwritten notes because I have shit handwriting and I don't hold my pencil (laughs) correctly. Well, I'm like, it's just, it's so so antiquated. Like, sometimes I'll write a nice email. Like, I send my girlfriend, like, nice flower emails every now and then. That's cute. Um, It is a little cute it's a little that's, it's like a little a gross cute. but like in a good way well yeah i just like she's at work and then she gets an email or because everyone has their email on their phone now mm-hmm. like a nice little and yeah. nice that's little that. le, i mean do it it's nice um it's a it's just a good way to get all your thoughts out yeah i i struggle with giving words of affirmation so if that's like my partner's love language i, I definitely struggle with that like I'm Mm -hmm. more like physical quality time, physical touch quality time. So, like, to me, I am expressing my love if I like, am spending time with you and touching you. But, like, people need to hear, some people need to hear, like, I love you, you're beautiful. Sure. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Yeah, that's, I think that's my top love language. So, I really, I really like need that from people and struggle when I don't get it from people, but then have to realize that like, that's not everybody's love language. But it is your duty as someone's partner to like cater to their love language. I would, I I think. I think so. But I think I even like expect it from certain friends when I'll be like, even like, Hey, how are you? Like, are you doing good? Like, hope you're doing great. Like, I miss you, all that kind of stuff. And I like, don't get it as much back. I'm like, well, you know, this is important to me, but at the same time, like, what am I doing? That's important for them, you know? Yeah. That's, people are so complicated. I wonder what cloth and Dennis' love languages are. Definitely. I'm like, they both use words of affirmation, but they're like bullshit words. They're not like real. Like, I mean, the compliments they give each other are real on some level, but they're so ridiculous over the top. That they feel like they're not real. Is that, does that make any sense? It does. And I think uh, it's definitely not physical touch. <laughs> um. I mean, if it is, yeah, they're both deprived. I feel like quality time is definitely up there. Yeah. And maybe Donna's love language is gift giving because she got, I think that whatever you do for your partner a lot, maybe you actually want that to be done for you. So that's why mm-hmm. you do it because you know that you like it. So maybe Dennis is gift-giving? I don't know. It, it might be gift-giving or even like... Acts of service. Acts of mm. service, which which I think can be... I think Quoth shows his acts of service more for Ari because he tries to, like, bring her things and, and get her things she needs, which is also gift-giving. Um, but I think... Um, I think both and ari are definitely more in the gift giving and him and dena might be quality time because all he wants to do is spend time with her right
1: and, and when her. they do spend
0: time it's sweet except yeah. when he is like oh now i'm rich so i can like fund her life now and like right in the corner I- i'm just like wh- how- why would he think that that would go over well with her right especially knowing as much about her as she does and the fact yeah, that she like, doesn't want to be tied down. I do wonder, like, if Master Ash finances her travels or what, because he's, he seems to be very controlling, but even after um, she starts being under his patronage, like, she still travels a lot. So either he's, like, financing that and is okay with that, or, like, I don't know, maybe the fact that she gets badly treated by him is because she, like, you know,
1: is running off to Yill
0: or running off to Severin or wherever. Yeah. That's a good point. I feel like she goes to Severin on his... But I think, yeah, probably that might be... I could see him, like, being, like, the type of guy who's, like, gives her the bare minimum, like, oh, 50 bucks should be enough to go Mm. on a day trip. And, like, he just, like knows that she's resourceful and and then when she like tries to pursue her own projects or like get her own extra spending money then maybe it sounds like she says that he does interrogate her about her love life and she said she like tells him begrudgingly but not about clothes, right but not about clothes. Which, I was just thinking about that, which makes me ask the question, okay, if it is Cinder, does he know that Denna and Quoth know each other? Like, is this, like, okay, so if it's, if it's, here's, here's a new avenue. If it's Cinder, if Master Ash is Cinder, why Denna? It's a good question. Like, it makes me think that he is keeping an eye on Quoth and he realizes that they have a special relationship and he chooses Denna so he can fuck with her and fuck with Quoth. or there's something else going on with Denna that Cinder wants in on. I like, feel like both are definitely possible. Like, he mm. could have just known all along and it's all just a big, like, it's all a beautiful game for Cinder slash slash Master Ash. But then, if Denna is some magical being, like, the moon or something, or some, some, something, like, some, I don't know, that's, I feel like maybe she does have, like, the written word magic thing going for her. Yeah. I don't know. Or or if, you know, by some chance she's the lackless heir, like, all the signs are there that it's Kvot's mom, but, like, it could be Denna. I mean, we get some... Hints about Meluin that sound like it could be Denna, but then like Quoth recognizes Meluin, but doesn't like can't picture where. And like the amount of time he he sees Denna in Severin and thinks about Denna, like you would think the two, like he would make that connection. It would be instantaneous if, just if like they were actually Krim. exactly just like with Krim. I just realized he probably says Kryn looks like a young Donna because he probably sexualizes Donna in his own head, but he doesn't consciously want to sexualize Kryn for obvious reasons. Oh, so he yeah. just uses the word young because then she's like lumped into, even though she is like more or less the same age as Donna. I mean, that's just, I just came up with that. But yeah. I don't know. Man. All right. We're going to cut it here for now and return to you with a little more Denna content next week, so be on the lookout for that. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Thank you so much, Dallas, for coming on the pod with me. If you want to send me an email, I can be reached at etrsop at gmail.com if your letter via Tinker hasn't arrived yet. And remember, may all your stories be glad ones, and your roads be smooth and short.